Hello, and welcome to the Clear Studies Podcast, where we're learning the word together. I am your host, Bishop A. Reginald Littman. I look forward to sharing today's teaching with you. Stay tuned. Well, hello there. Happy New Year to you. I trust, hope, and pray that you're having an amazing New Year so far. God has been so good. And in the midst of these very, very tumultuous and uncertain times, it's a blessing to know a God who is strong, mighty, secure, and very certain. I love bringing these teachings to you. And if you're with us for the first time, we want to welcome you to the Clear Studies platform. We're excited about all of our new subscribers who have joined our e-class. I want to encourage everyone to share, share, and share alike so that others may find the Clear Studies platform. And in these times of difficulty and uncertainty, it's a great benefit fit to be able to access God's word in a simple format that you can follow and understand whether you are an auditory learner and like listening to podcasts while you're on the go or cooking or on the treadmill or headed into work or home from work or whether you're a visual learner who likes to actually read and have print paper in front of you both of these are available through the clear studies platform each and every Wednesday at 10 30 a.m. You will receive your free colorful PDF handout along with the link to the podcast. And so it's very simple to sign up. All you have to do is send an email to clearstudies at gmail.com. Again, that's clearstudies at gmail.com. And we will add you to the e-class. It's an exciting thing when I get new emails, and I'm looking forward to even more and more. Well, this week we move on into Genesis 41, and we're going to be looking at verse number 15 through verse number 36 in the Living Bible Translation. Our study this week is a continuation of last week, and we're talking about from prison to the palace. This is part two. We're going to begin now with our first session, which involves Joseph standing before Pharaoh after he had been released from prison. So let's pick up now with Genesis 41, verse number 15 through 32. Again, Genesis 41, verse 15 through 32 from the Living Bible Translation. And it reads like this. I had a dream last night, Pharaoh told him, and none of these men can tell me what it means. But I have heard that you can interpret dreams, and that is why I have called for you. I can't do it by myself, Joseph replied, but God will tell you what it means. So Pharaoh told him the dream. I was standing upon the bank of the Nile River, he said, when suddenly seven fat, healthy-looking cows came out of the river and began grazing along the riverbank. But then seven other cows came up from the river, very skinny and bony, in fact. I've never seen such poor-looking specimens in all the land of Egypt. And these skinny cattle ate up the seven fat ones that had come out first. And afterwards, they were still as skinny as before. Then I woke up. A little later, I had another dream. This time, there were seven heads of grain on one stalk, and all seven heads were plump and full. Then out of the same stalk came seven withered thin heads, and the thin heads swallowed up the fat ones. I told this to my magicians, but not one of them could tell me the meaning. 
Both dreams mean the same thing, Joseph told Pharaoh. God was telling you what he's going to do here in the land of Egypt. The seven fat cows and also the seven fat well-formed heads of grain mean that there are seven years of prosperity ahead. The seven skinny cows and also the seven thin and withered heads of grain indicate that there will be seven years of famine following the seven years of prosperity. So God has showed you what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout all the land of Egypt. But afterwards, there will be seven years of famine, so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten and wiped out. Famine will consume the land. The famine will be so terrible that even the memory of the good years will be erased. The double dream gives double impact, showing that what I have told you is certainly going to happen. But God has decreed it, and it's going to happen soon. Wow, what a story that is. Let's look at Joseph's profession. Joseph's profession in verse 33 through verse 36. My suggestion is that you find the wisest man in Egypt and put him in charge of administering a nationwide farm program. Let Pharaoh divide Egypt into five administrative districts and let the officials of these districts gather into the royal storehouses all the excess crops of the next seven years so that there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come. Otherwise, disaster will surely strike. Wow, do you see the wisdom at work in this young man called Joseph? At a time when he has been literally beaten down, emotionally drained, pushed to the side and all of that, still God creates an opportunity for his ministry and his gift to rise before the king. Joseph stands before Pharaoh and listens as the king explains his dilemma. Joseph listens to the dream and gives Pharaoh the interpretation. But before he does, Joseph displays true humility and points Pharaoh back to the Lord. Oh, what a great lesson that is for us. Because even after all he had been through, Joseph is not bitter, but he is actively seeking ways to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Joseph is not upset about the delays and the problems that he has had to face as a slave and as a prisoner. He immediately sees the providence of God at work, and he is quick to use this opportunity to magnify the Lord. For Joseph, everything is about the Lord. How about you? When you're going through times of tumult, transition, and just crazy times, do you make it about you or do you make it about the Lord? At this point, even Pharaoh didn't matter to Joseph. All that mattered was the Lord getting all the glory that he deserved. When life gets complicated and it really does happen, when it seems that God is not moving as we think he should and as often as we think that he should, it's easy to become angry with God. Don't you imagine that Joseph having gone through all that he had gone through, all because of the gifting that God had put on him at a young age, all because of a dream that God gave him. He didn't ask for it. God gave it to him. 
don't you think it would have been very easy for Joseph to have been filled with bitterness? I do. But if we could ever grasp that truth, that God orders every moment of our lives, man, that would change our whole perspective about life when we're going through the challenges of life, wouldn't it? I love Psalm 37, particularly verse number 23. You may be familiar with verse number one, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. What a powerful verse that is. That tells us that we should not ever get so caught up in what evil people are doing or have done to us personally that it causes us to take our focus off of God. But the 23rd verse of Psalm 37 reads like this. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. If we could ever grasp the truth that we are where we are because God has placed us there for his own purposes, it would focus our faith on God. If we could ever get a grip on the truth that God is at work in every detail of our lives and is all for his glory and for our good, it would make the prisons and the waiting rooms of life so much more bearable. Therefore, we should always be in the business of magnifying God, pointing our attention back to God, not just ours, but the attention of others, pointing it back to God. Why? Because in spite of all we go through, despite all we deal with, God is still worthy of our praise. Even in the midst of the darkest days of our lives, he is worthy of receiving glory even when our hearts are breaking, even when times are uncertain, even in a pandemic. We should always strive to lift up the name of God and to point others back to God. I mean, after all, you and I really don't matter. All that really matters is the Lord getting the glory and his will being done through our lives. Now, let's move to Joseph's plan, because how he responds to Pharaoh is just so noteworthy. In Genesis 41, verse 33 through 36, in the Living Bible Translation, notice what it says. Joseph is now responding to Pharaoh with the completion of his plan for the kingdom of Egypt. Watch this. He says, my suggestion is that you find the wisest man in Egypt and put him in charge of administrating a nationwide farm program. Let Pharaoh divide Egypt into five administrative districts and let the officials of these districts gather into the royal storehouses all the excess crops of the next seven years so that there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come. Otherwise, disaster will surely strike. Now, Joseph knows that the Lord is in this moment. I mean, after all, this is a major moment in Joseph's life. Often we miss major moments and opportunities because we are afraid or bashful at speaking up when the time comes. But not so with Joseph. Joseph, being the risk taker that he has been, true to himself and true to form, does what no other slave would have done dreamed of doing. He not only tells Pharaoh what is about to happen in Egypt, he's not afraid to reveal to him the truth that God revealed 
but he also tells Pharaoh what to do about it. Can you imagine this? This young slave foreigner in a country that he has been brought into, not with his own will, but as a slave. And now when the moment comes for him to have an audience with Pharaoh, he tells Pharaoh what to do according to what God has assigned to his own dream. Now, there's much that could be said here about being ready when the moment comes. You see, many of us miss out on opportunities for our lives because when an opportunity comes, we're at the place of getting ready instead of already being ready. So when you're dreaming of something happening in your life or when God has given you a vision for your life, whatever it may be, you need to stay in the place of readiness instead of trying to get ready when the door opens, because only those who are standing and mobile can walk into an open door. But if you're in a stupor or you're slumped over or you're laying on the ground or you're thinking about it, you will miss that opportunity to walk into that open door. And Joseph stayed on ready for whenever that day came and he knew it would come for whenever that day would come that the door would open. And he has a brilliant threefold plan. First, Joseph recommends that Pharaoh find a wise man to oversee the project. Hmm, I wonder who he might have been inferring to. <laughs> I think we all know the answer to that one because no one else had been wise enough to even answer or riddle or remedy, if you will, the dream that Pharaoh had. So he had to call him because all of the wise men were not being wise at that time. That's why your gift will make room for you. That is, if your gift is in operation and ready to function at a moment's notice. So he recommends that Pharaoh find a wise man to oversee the project. Second, Joseph recommends that Pharaoh gathers 20% of all the food that had been produced or would be produced during the next seven years of plenty. Then he suggests that Pharaoh stores up that food and uses it to feed the people over the course of the next seven years following, which be, would be years of famine. So Joseph gives him essentially a 14 plus year plan that's going to save the kingdom of Egypt. Joseph's plan is, is really amazing. Nothing short of amazing. It's simple, but it also would prove to be very effective. In fact, it's still effective for our own lives now. What do you mean? Well, very simply put, when things are going well in your life financially, that is the time not to spend everything that you have, but to put back for those days of famine, because you never know when the famine time will come. <laughs> We're in a famine right now. And many people, again, are trying to get ready while others were already ready. And because they were already ready, they have walked in the doors that others only dream will open one day. And this plan of Joseph's is amazing and it's applicable for you and I even to this very day. Very simple, but very, very effective. And not only would people be able to eat during the famine, but Egypt was going to have corn and all kinds of other things to spare 
and they would ultimately end up sharing with other countries because of the wisdom of Joseph's plan. So this plan actually didn't originate with Joseph. The Lord, you see, had put this in the heart of Joseph. And all Joseph did was shared his heart from the king with the king. Whenever God gives you dreams, you have to figure out who you're supposed to share it with. Think about this. Joseph got in trouble back in chapter 37 as a young lad because he shared his dream with the wrong people. Now, Joseph is about to leave trouble and enter a permanent state of triumph because he shares his dream with the right person. Catch this. This is for free this week. (laughs) God gives you dreams, but he also gives you limited permission in who, when, and how to share your dream. Everybody is not supposed to know everything. Wait for God to identify the right timing, the right moment for you to share all that he's put in your spirit. Because as we see from the life of Joseph from Genesis 37 to 41, that sharing your dream with the wrong person can cause you to end up in prison. Sharing the dream with the right person can cause you to end up in the palace. Isn't that powerful? (laughs) So God would use a slave to set new policy for the next 14 plus years for an entire kingdom. Man, when God is for you, who can be against you? And it's just so amazing as this story evolves. I hope you're enjoying this. It is so amazing as this story evolves to watch who the Lord would use to achieve his purposes in the world. And God uses some of the most unlikely candidates sometimes and sometimes the most unimaginable people to accomplish and achieve his will. Who but God would have chosen somebody like Moses? Again, a refugee, a, a slave, if you will, and raise him to prominence. Who, who but God would choose someone like David, who had lust issues? who was young, who was looked over when it was time to anoint a new king after Saul. Yet he would rise to prominence as the sweet singer of Israel and one of the most favorite kings and the writer of the majority of the Psalms. Who would choose somebody like Gideon, but God, simple man, but a profound place in scripture and in Israelite history? Who? But God would choose someone like Saul of Tarsus who had legitimate reasoning to kill and slay Christians, but one day became one himself (laughs) and became the creator of Christian content that now fills at least a third of the New Testament in our Bible. Who but God would have chosen people like you and like me to serve him in these detrimental days and these terrible times. But you know what? God specializes in choosing people like you and me to do his work in the world. And I don't know about you, 
And I'm grateful for being chosen by God. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's session. Make sure you share this with somebody. Don't forget, complete the discovery questions. It'll have you in a place where you're visiting with the story a little bit more in your mind and really, really enjoying and embracing what God is teaching. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode.